heavy rotation. That's it. That's all I've been doing. I've been watching uh, Hannibal. Yeah, it's it's good. You said. No, dude, it's fucking great. Cool. I've been watching. I watched like the first seven or eight episodes, and they were good. I just I, don't know, I think I'd burnt myself out because I'd read all the Thomas Harris novels. Uh-huh. And then to like rewatch, then I'd watched all the movie adaptations of it, and then it's like and I was like, oh shit, the show's coming out. And then I watched like the first eight, and I was like, I'm burnt out on this shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that Matt Mickelson, man, that dude is. He plays Hannibal, right? Yeah, it's he's a fucking great Hannibal too. Cool. Does he eat people I mean, on the show already? Yeah, it's like a weird thing. It's like. Uh, he like he i mean he's a chef and you know i think they explore that a little bit in like mm-hmm. uh, hannibal and stuff and like when he cooks like ray Liotta's brain and shit oh, but he's yeah. always cooking like delicious shit and it's like almost like a foodie show like you're watching it and you're like that looks delicious and he yeah. is a foodie but it's like yeah. all this stuff is like you're like this is a rack of lamb leg or this is like you know like he'll cook lungs and stuff and you're just like holy fuck those are probably people's lungs but then sometimes oh, cool. when you're watching, you'll have guests over, like the main characters to eat with them in the first season. Yeah. So you're like, is that like real? Like, is that animal meat or like human meat? Like, what are they eating? So it's you never know really, unless he like says specifically because he'll say like the name of um, recipes or something, and then it's like you just don't know. Like, unless he says it's like this is chicken, but can you trust Hannibal Lecter? Like, does it? He gets off on this, you know having all these people eat human flesh. Uh, that sounds interesting. I started Westworld recently. You like it? Yeah, it's pretty good shit. I think I just, I was watching it when I was in LA last, when I like hurt my knee and mm-hmm. was hanging with Joey. Yeah. And dude, like, I think I just binged it too fast or something. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, this is cool. Don't get me wrong, but I don't understand the hype. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I just wasn't, like, super into it. And, like, I felt like I kind of, like, where the robots are going in the show, I've kind of seen it before, you know? Yeah. And it just took so long. Like, I mean, once feels, you finish it. Yeah. It feels a little like Battlestar or something, but with cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it also, uh, oh, well, I've been listening to this podcast that's, like, a Gnostic podcast. Yeah. Uh, which basically is, like, uh, talks about you know like anything that has like gnostic themes in it and media is kind of like the matrix or even fight club or you know it's just kind of like breaking out of the prescribed order or whatever and so a lot of these types of themes play out through westworld so anyway this podcast i was listening to these guys were always talking about how gnostic um thematically how gnostic westworld was so i started watching and i like i love it you know because it's like it's all this kind of like existential kind of stuff and there's all this like allegory for like creation and man and gods and this and that you know so i've been enjoying that much um but i also just keep binging game of thrones yeah that's <laughs> good yeah i think I, I i'm gonna try to watch like westworld before like whenever the second season gets closer to coming out yeah it's definitely different than what i thought it was gonna be i guess um, so that was cool. I thought, like, just kind of the ideas that they're playing with are really interesting. And, you know, the Western setting is cool. And especially if you're a gamer, you know, there's a lot, it feels like Red Dead Redemption or something, you know what I mean? But it feels like, you know, you have these characters inside of that simulated world. 
Um, yeah. I really I dig that because as as period as it looks with all the cowboy western stuff, it's very it's very futuristic. It's very science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I just think I need to watch it again. Like, yeah. just give it a second viewing. I mean, I like everything that they're talking about in the show. I just felt like. Uh, it could have been like three episodes shorter or something and got to the same conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And maybe I'm, I've, I'm I in feel like, like there... five or six episodes. Yeah. I mean, I think I was just trying to watch it because I had HBO and I was on a couch yeah. and I was like super like in pain most of the time. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it probably wasn't the best viewing in the television show. Probably should have just watched some shit I'd already seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's cool. I mean, HBO does. HBO always has like quality programming. Like, even if yeah, you know, you're like, I don't know if I'm into this. You end up watching it, and you're like, well, it's not my thing, but it's good. It's well written, and you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty engaging. I like the music a lot too. It's it's the same guy that does the music for Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, but, you know, they have those like orchestral oh, covers and stuff that are really good yeah like. that's the one thing like some of them i was like yeah, oh my god like i'd just much rather you just play the real fucking song dude like just play oh, it oh really you don't like those yeah. i love the black no, and... i just i would just much rather hear them man i just didn't think it was i mean it's all right i just was no, like, I like uh, it. i like it a lot but uh, yeah but then again i do think a lot of stuff you watch is in the kind of mood you're in yeah I've been seeing like yeah. early showings of films I should like so I, I saw it and then I saw it one more time and I enjoyed yeah. it more the second time because the first time I saw it I was really hungry yeah oh that yeah like I was like, like I needed <laughs> breakfast or like should have had a snack before I yeah. went in but I was like I'll be fine and like I like the movie but I feel like if I'm and I've eaten and I got my belly full I'm gonna enjoy something more totally and yeah not, you're not it's not nagging at you in the back of your mind like feed me please you're dying right now. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, I, I think I just need to watch it again at some point. Yeah, yeah, I like but it. it really, my sister started trying to watch it and she was like, I don't know, it's all right. But I don't think she really cares for Westerns. And I think that's kind of turned her off to it for the main part. Yeah, I could see that. But I'm glad, it, I'm, I'm just personally glad it turned out to be about something that I was really into because just like, yeah, like you're saying the hype and then um, and then, you know, what it seemed to be like, because I didn't know anything about Westworld prior to this at all, except for that it was like an old movie with, what's his face? That old, old guy. Oh, shit. Anyway. The old Brenner. The old Brenner, yeah. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so I, I didn't really have very much interest in it, even when I heard people, some people talking about like, it's so good, but like nobody could ever really explain it. And now that I'm watching it, like it's hard for me to even explain it, or at least the the stuff I like about it. Um, so yeah, it was through that podcast, and I started watching it. So the first episode I watched, I was like kind of drunk. I came home after having a few drinks, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking start this show right now. And then I don't know, just everything about that first episode, I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, like it just moved me, I guess, in my drunken state. And it's been pretty consistent. I love Anthony Hopkins. Um, part of it is some of the dialogue. So like some of the dialogue in Westworld, I don't like, I really don't like. And then some other parts of it, I really like. Um, and that Gnostic podcast was playing a lot of like 
Anthony Hopkins monologues from the show. And I was like trying to find out what movie that was because it was so fucking compelling. Um, I thought it was a movie where he played God or something. And he's having these ex- these conversations about toying with the lives of mortals and shit like that. <laughs> but he's yeah. talking about robots. And then I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then so it all kind of clicked one day. Um, and and he's been really great and a lot of the characters are really good it's jonathan nolan who brought it to television to hbo yeah um which is interesting because it's now i'm starting to think like what bits of his as is it his dialogue like what bits of his dialogue were in the batman movies that i thought were david goyer's you know or something like that yeah because um, there are times it's like kind of cheesy dialogue sometimes it's really like forced i don't know there's this one scene with these two technicians working on one of the robots and it wakes up while they're working on its insides and it freaks out because it thinks it's human from the west it isn't you know like yeah um and then but you have these guys and it was kind of like those characters in the void where it's like the asshole character and then the other really asshole character yeah and like there's just i don't know there's just a few things that like they could probably trim the fat on in terms of like their writing and some of the dialogue also reminded me of the expanse which I'm just gonna take a second to shit on it here for a second. <laughs> I thought the expanse was gonna be fucking awesome. It just the way it looked, and I read a lot of things like this shows you that one, you know, that one sci-fi show you're not watching. Yeah. Uh, and then every time I, I've tried to watch it three times, every time I just grow like contempt for all the characters in it. I hate the dialogue is really so bad. It's so contrived and pretentious, and like it's dorky as fuck and like the best part about it is like the scenery like the ships and like the worn in lived in kind of space life kind of mm-hmm. deal they got going but everything else about it just ma- it like really makes me hate it so much <laughs> and you know Westworld has really profound moments with its dialogue and then other times it has that same kind of like stupid dialogue and dumb writing anyway rant yeah <laughs> Yeah, I added the expanse to my uh, Amazon Prime uh, account. Yeah. I know you said you didn't, but I like I, li- I like Tom. Yeah, I like Tom Jane. So anyway, yeah, I'd like, like to see. Yeah, I, I want to watch it just because you hate it so much. I feel like I need to watch things that you hate just to see if I hate them just yeah. as much. But, but I do like most of the time. Like, we have similar so opinions on things. Yeah, I do like the tick uh, TV show that's going right now. Um, it's pretty funny. I think it's entertaining. Keeps me watching. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first as far I just only watched like the first episode or like the full season after the pilot. I liked the pilot, but it's it's okay. It's good writing. I like the guy playing the tick and the jokes are funny. Um, but I was like, this feels like a lot like Batman Begins kind of tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's directed and produced by Wally Pfister, who was the the cinematographer on the Dark Knight movies. No. That's cool. Who also directed Transcendence with Johnny Depp, which I never saw. Did you ever see that movie? No, I didn't. I think people like kind of shat on it a little bit. Yeah. but it wasn't like it didn't look good. Right about it, like it, like it kind of missed the mark, but still had some like cool, yeah, some cool ideas were in that movie, but like other things missed the mark, and that's what made that movie bad, is what I heard. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I would watch, like on hopefully one of these streaming fucking devices. Yeah. Or things that have, a, you know, I have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, fucking HBO. One of them hopefully will have it on there because I'd like to watch it at some point. But yeah, you know, definitely. I don't know. Definitely. But, you know, I've been liking the tick. I mean, I've only watched the, like one or two episodes of the new stuff, but I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, 
What else? New Rick and Morty was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to wait till it all drops on Hulu and then just watch it. Yeah. But yeah. It's I, good. This I, season's been really good. I started reading this thread okay. on Facebook about like these guys, like <laughs> it was just like this girl was like, yeah, I really like Rick and Morty. That's great. And like whatever the guy originally said about it, she was like, yeah, wow. that's really great. But you know, like a more female driven, you know, show or something like that. Yeah. And then all these guys are like, blah, 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 blah. Rick and Morty's the greatest thing ever. And this girl's like, yeah, yeah I agree with you. It is. It's great. Yeah. I love it. But she's just saying, <laughs> she was basically saying like, if it was all female, like the two main characters were, you guys mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be watching it. And they're like, yeah, you can't say that. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah. listen, I love Rick and Morty. I'm just saying it would be great for something to be out there. <laughs> with women characters and they're like well summer she's a strong character blah 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 she's like listen i understand all this i love freaking morty i'm yeah. just saying and then someone was like well then why don't you make it she's like easier said than done and i was like yeah touche lady yeah it's definitely. easy like when anyone goes well then you just make it or you know blah yeah. blah, blah it's like whoa, whoa 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 that's really hard to do guy that's just sitting on the other end yeah i hate how fucking just... computer yeah I hate how like divisive the argue like I hate how because Rick and Morty has such like a strong culture on the internet I hate how divisive it's all become you know it's like because mm-hmm. the attitudes of people like that who who are on comic comics and stuff and they get all defensive and don't really understand the actual point that's trying to be made ruin yeah. things like this you know and paint a bad picture of uh, of whatever the thing is that they're making fun of and that she's right you know it would be awesome if there was like a i think there was an issue about like female writers and stuff at adult swim earlier this year mm-hmm. um and you know she's absolutely right it would be great and it doesn't make rick and morty any less entertaining is what she was saying as well and you know people just get butt hurt and i feel like you know it's not to get too much on a different tangent but one thing i found out about like the alt-right um, and how they came to organize themselves was on the internet and like chat rooms and pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's essentially just a bunch of like 4chan nerds who really, you know, for whatever reasons are f- falling crippled to their own insecurities and are, are not, you know, engaging others socially other than on the internet or feel outcast or whatever, or feel robbed of their whatever, you know, I think the, I think the words I've heard one say is like the, the, um, like the it's like the i don't know people talk about like i don't know what i'm getting at i do but i can't just find the words but anyway (laughs) so basically what it seems like to me is that like people who get all up in arms and comments like this over some like show or whatever it's gonna be i think it's obvious that it has more to do with their lack of like you know they they only have one this thing for themselves like rick and morty's mine you know and it's good and i'm the smartest person in the world because i get every joke and reference you know and they wear yeah. that on their shoulder and rick and morty fans are like you know like you know they're the bad seeds of the rick and morty fandom which i think are also uh, c- comparable to the bad seeds of society i.e alt-right you know it's like it's yeah. <laughs> it's the bad parts of the internet and so good for that girl you know was speaking her mind about something without bashing it because i think again like i guess my point is is it started like when i'm like oh i love rick and morty and like you know it's kind of same thing with game of thrones too like people are like ah stay away from that shit because there's too much hype around it you know um Mm -hmm. but but i'm glad i got onto it when i did because i probably if i wasn't watching it up until now i probably been like fuck dead fuck rick and morty fans but 
So I totally get it. That's how but, I am. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind it. I get why people like it. I just yeah. like, I think as I've gotten, like, I just know what I want to go watch now. And yeah. instead of like when we were in college and like yeah. in Chicago and stuff, I feel like I was just trying to watch everything because everyone yeah. said everything was good. And I didn't really think yeah. like I had any of my own, like, what do I think's good? Yeah. And I, like, the, of course, I have my favorite movies and my favorite shows, but it's more now that I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm just going to, this is the shit I want to spend my time watching. I'm not saying that your show's bad. It's just like this yeah. show over here looks more appealing to me than, say, Rick and Morty. I'd much rather watch like Channel Cove or more horror driven stuff yeah. than Rick and Morty. Because, I mean, Rick and Morty just makes all the references that I already know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I get this. Sure. This is good. So, but, yeah, you know, I think, I think the true, the true enemy is the hype machine. In of oh, itself, yeah. it our, our our innate ability to like spoil something for ourselves based on that, you know what I mean? Like, um, one thing I've been just trying to do is just you know because like I think we've had this conversation on Superhouse about like whether or not Rotten Tomatoes is like ruining movies and this and that or just like the mm-hmm. internet like because there's always like everybody, there's always something getting leaked. There's no mystery to a lot of these projects anymore, so everybody kind of has knows some they read some article and you know they have some juicy little tidbit about you know whatever like some they think they have insider information or something um but yeah i think like you know it's just kind of one of the pitfalls of the information age is is you kind of it's harder to escape but lately i'm just like you know what i'm I'm not gonna fucking even engage the critical masses or or you know, even like if some, even my friends, my respected friends and stuff, when they tell me you should watch this or you should watch that, it kind of just goes in the backlog of the Rolodex. You know what I mean? As I get to it. Um, otherwise I'm, I'm pretty much like exactly what you're saying. Like I just strike out on my own and I pretty much get to everything I'm recommended by people that I respect their opinions on movies and TV. But, um, but yeah, generally I'm just like at the forefront is going to be like, this is what I want to watch. And, and I, I hate some Rick and Morty fans too, man. Sometimes the worst Rick and Morty fan is the Rick and Morty fan who loves it, but doesn't really get the, get those, um, kind of like wink, wink jokes in the background. You know, they just are more kind of on the, you know, cause it's one of those shows that can be super dumb and just like insanely intelligent all in the same moment. So it's like, which one are you, which type of comedy you're grasping onto <laughs> some rick and morty fans are still family guy fans you know that's i guess that's what i'm saying <laughs> lowest common denominator <laughs> you know and that's it's the wool over their eyes you know what i mean that's the whole that's a joke the joke's on them and those yeah. those rick and morty fans they spoil the bunch <laughs> motherfuckers i mean that's with it that's with any fandom though there's always those fuckers out there that are just like yeah, with any yeah like we talked about like everyone being like kick jj off of Star of the last Star Wars film. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, why? Like, I don't, I don't get it, man. I mean, yeah, they made a movie that some fans are upset with because it's a rehash of a New Hope. I get it. I get why you're upset, or it's the greatest hits of the Star Wars movies. Whatever, yeah. get you. Yeah. But it's at the same time they set out to make that film. Like that was a conscious effort yeah. on everyone involved. Yeah. So now that he's kind of like after we get uh, Ryan Johnson's one, which I think is gonna. You know, hopefully it's, it's good. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to catapult Star Wars into a different direction. Yeah, I like feel it, like it's yeah, going to have his, to like roll off of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like his or episode uh, eight is going to define this trilogy. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm not saying that. And I think JJ can come in and do something great. I think he's like 
he can make solid fun films like i don't like everything yeah. he's made but yeah. the stuff i do like is like it's like a solid movie man and that's what yeah. i'd much rather have him come in because the more i watch force awakens the more i enjoy it yeah <laughs> so, yeah. I enjoyed it from the beginning when I first saw it, but I, it, like it just like there's not I don't watch it now and go, oh this does kind of suck. I get it. Like I yeah. still have the same joys when I first saw it, or yeah. the three times I saw oh, it. It's still great. It still has those really great moments, you know. And and I I say this all the time, and I think I, people like to argue me on this, which I don't understand. But The Force Awakens is a reboot in as much as it's a sequel. You know, they were able yeah. to do that. You know, they had the built-in world. But they also, yeah, they rehashed it. They made a new Darth Vader because it's not just being made for our generation or the generations that grew up with Star Wars. It's being made for like a whole new audience. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like what you say sometimes, you know, re- remakes are just going to get made, which mm-hmm. is fine. A lot of them suck. But in this case, I feel like it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, it was as good as it needed to be in order to like get people ready. Um, in a lot of other ways, it was really very inventive and it was like, and there were new things in it, you know, and a new take on it, updated take. And like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, that's, I mean, if you want to do a remake or reimagining or the fuck reboot, whatever yeah. the fuck this shit's called, just add something new. Give me something I haven't seen in the universe before. And JJ did that. Yeah. New creatures, new villains. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be cool to I see. Mean, like, Max von Sydow's character, just a random old dude. I don't know where he's from. I want to know more about him. Like, there's stuff in there. It's great. Yeah. I don't. I just don't know why people like got so upset and want to like sign a petition to get him kicked off the final. Like, listen, if the Last Jedi is as depressing as I think it's going to be, or just dark, we're going to need someone who can make light in a fun film for the final one, just to close us out of this trilogy. Yeah, that looks. You know, and uh, I think JJ can get dark. I mean. Yeah. So I think, he, uh, you know, it's like it'll be cool to see him round out the series. He's he's a lot because a lot of people don't consider like the workings of how these newer movies are being made or, you know, anything Disney is doing right now. They have um, some tried and true formulas that they've, you know, nobody can beat them right now in Marvel and fucking Star Wars. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. JJ was kind of one of the architects of this entire initiative to reunify the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, he was part of the decision making to like kind of abolish the extended universe and rebuild it. And you know, JJ's just coming on to to, uh, to like punch into work. You know, he's just gonna direct a movie. He's a director. He's gonna come in. He's gonna direct that movie. I'm sure. He'll have a lot of say in it. I think Ryan Johnson's going to have a big handle on the script, uh, in the script process, or, or, or does you know, and um, it, um, and you know, he's just like he's a solid backbone for this movie. It could, it could, it could have been, it could be a lot worse. Um, and I think, I think people should pull their heads out of their asses. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. But, I would, oh, oh, I guess what my point was was going to be like the Star Wars story group. You know, it's not just these singular directors and singular writers that are crafting this thing. It's like a group of people. There's four of them, I think, all together that are kind of have to stamp off on it. So it's like a mm-hmm. council, like a council of Star Wars decisions. Um, so JJ is just going to be there in, a, in as much as Ron Howard is on the, How- the Han Solo movie, like clocking in that day and making the best damn movie he can make. So, you know, I guess my point is you can't pin everything on JJ. You know, he's just the director. It's not like an indie fucking uh, 
like auteur production or anything. It's like, it's yeah. Like, it's a Star That's Wars weird. movie, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. got a lot of factors to it. But anyway, people are dumb. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I just don't know why people get so open arms. It's just like, well, yeah. he hasn't even started directing it yet. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I just gonna compare everything to the prequels, so, you know, if you can, if you can do me better than that, then yeah. 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 And uh, earlier you said you wanted to talk about that the new Hellboy imagery that was uh, introduced. Yeah. We talked a little bit on Superhouse, and then we just referenced you a lot because we're like, "Damn, I wish Stefan yeah, was there." I know because I was out rocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to do you too, man. That's awesome. We'll talk about yeah. that music yeah. stuff in a minute. In a minute, but we'll get to this Hellboy. So, what did you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know we chat a little bit on Messenger, <laughs> but yeah, you can't, I can't really get the Stefan full gamut of emotions in a text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um the first time I saw the Guillermo del Toro version of Hellboy like blew me away, um, especially the 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 right hand of doom you know the way that he had envisioned it and everything you know del Toro has a very like Lovecraftian kind of reference in all of his films in terms of like design and this, this kind of a lot of spirals and that ancient like esoteric kind of design to things. Um, the new one, uh, as as soon as I heard that that dude was being um, cast, what's his name? Uh, David, David Harbour. David Harbour, yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I, I thought about it. I was like, oh man, like, because it's, it's yes, it's one thing to be like, look at Ron Perlman and be like, yeah, he looks just like Hellboy or he can pull that off, like this kind of big red ape, devil ape kind of look just because of the uniqueness of yeah. his face. Um, but then when I saw mm-hmm. David Harbour or just having knowledge of him as an actor and just like his facial expressions, his mannerisms, his stature, I guess he's a pretty tall guy. Um, he, uh, I was like, this dude is perfect. Um, so anyway, jump to the photo that they released and it's like, you know, it's not too, too dissimilar from the Del Toro version other than it seems like it has a little bit more like a gritty realism to it. Um, as opposed to the fan- fantastical uh, kind of design of like, like I was saying, like the right hand of doom and those magical kind of spiral shapes on his body and stuff like that. So it seemed like they went, I'm looking at it right now. Um, they went kind of just straight comic adaptation and uh, the right hand of doom in of itself. The differences are like, this one looks like stone from an old castle you know it looks like something that would have been worn over thousands of years and it's kind of like glossy Mm -hmm. um and so it's 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 a lot the hand in of itself is a lot different looking the gun looks pretty similar but anyway you know like even the face it looks similar it looks like it could be ron ron perlman ready to go for a third one you know if nobody knew david harbour was in that makeup uh yeah so anyway that uh, let me let me just say uh that the picture of the first one is like fucking awesome the the style in which they did it like the caravaggio high contrast kind of shadow and everything looks like the comic books i hope they do a lot of that same type of lighting in the film it would be so close to mignola's art form um anyway what are you gonna say Oh, yeah, I just was going to say, like, uh, I, I mean, honestly, it looks like he's almost like a younger Perlman, <laughs> like, in that yeah. costume. Yeah. Which I think, like, Perlman's getting so old, it's, you know. Yeah. He's getting older now, and I mean, I'm, I would have loved to have seen a third. I really wish we would have rounded out that uh, Del Toro Perlman trilogy. Yeah. I, w- I would have I mean, watched I, it, for sure. Like, the, I feel like there's some fr- some franchises that have been started that I was like, damn it, come on, just let them finish it. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, for better or worse, we would have had three Hellboy movies. And like, no yeah. one knew we were going to get this Hellboy movie till like, they were just like, nope, we're getting it. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm glad we are because the, like from this image, I'm basically like, I think this is the Hellboy that I'm going to go to. Yeah. First, but then I'll revisit yeah. the, uh, you know, the Del Toro ones. But yeah. Yeah. I thought it looked dope, man. I, I, on the hand, I was, I thought it had more of a metal look to it. Yeah. But when you get close to it, you can tell it does look like more like kind of like, a, like, like an ore, yeah, or something, you know, like something different. But it yeah, definitely yeah. went a simple, minimalist, and kind of different route with it. And I do like that the horn nubs are like uh, different sizes, like one's bigger than the other one. Yeah. Um, slightly. Like you can tell in that black and white photo that Harbor released. Oh, yeah. I like the, uh, yeah, it does seem like that. I like the mm -hmm. texture that's on them. Um, in the comic, it looks more like stone when he breaks the when he breaks the horns off. Um, but I guess that's a little more realistic mm -hmm. to have that like texture underneath. The only thing that kind of bugged me when I saw this is like the long hair on the side. Oh, yeah, it, it looks kind of dumb. I hope I hope it's not. You know, this is like very '90s rock and roll kind of hair going yeah. here, and yeah. it's essentially like a long mullet. So I hope that's just maybe for an an area of the movie, and maybe they tie it back like more comic book accurate. Um, yeah, maybe and maybe this is just like the raw uh, uh, GQ hell, uh, Hellboy photo where he lets his hair down. You know what I mean? Hellboy, yeah. and he's not fighting demons and shit, <laughs> letting his hair down, being sexy, you know, like. Um, but that kind of bugs me and it seems like in that concept art as well that they that they've kind of kept that um, in the or that's another photo I guess the black and white one um, yeah you know, it, looks, it looks like the hair's down so I mean that doesn't bug me so so much but I kind of do hope like you can see um, in some of the Hellboy art he's got like a little bun it's like tied yeah. back so you know with with Mignola being on board and everything and and uh, Neil Marshall, I think it's such a great pick. I'm really excited to see what he what, what he's brings to the table, and in terms of story, I hope it's more like m more steeped in in actual folklore and not like just invented folklore. <laughs> That's what really yeah. bothered me about Hellboy Two. I was like, out of all those comic books and all the crazy freaky stories, bring Baba Yaga in and shit. You know, like that's what I'm saying. Wolves and and the Conqueror Worm and stuff. And then it's like the Golden Army. It's so fucking you know the Golden yeah. Army and all this stuff. I'm like, ah, there's so much cool folklore that's expressed in those comics, and let alone like the entire world. Let's do some of that. Yeah, I mean, I like the I like the idea of the story of the Golden Army. I've said it many times before yeah. that like if Hellboy wasn't in that movie, I think it would be like a like you know it probably would have done fairly well, but it probably would be in a cult classic at this point if it was just about like some little kids on a venture to troll market and they meet this yeah prince and queen and kind of have to save the day which i think would honestly be a better in like you know maybe not call it the golden army of this giant rope yeah weird uh fucking yeah. robots that they had to fight but that general story and like someone like yeah. going into the troll market and meeting the angel of death like i mean he's I, thing with del toro is great visually i love all his design stuff and like yeah you know, but I agree. Like Hell, I like Hellboy one the most. Hellboy two is my least favorite. I rewatched it recently. Yeah. I don't mind Hellboy two as much as I did, but goddamn that yeah, baby shit, man. Yeah, exactly. Like that always bugged me. And his uh, man, so much about those. So that's what I'm hoping is like they don't go that Burton esque kind of. As I think I wrote this on one of the posts or whatever. But like, there's like a Tim Burton kind of like inventiveness there, where it's 
I don't even know how to describe it, but like the cheeky jokes and the weird, like, you know, fish out of water kind of stuff. And, you know, I just like, I hope it's just a harder edged kind of Hellboy movie, to be honest. The newer one, I hope it's a little, it takes itself a little more seriously. Not so much so that it's contrived or whatever, but like just enough that we're not bumbling around with like the comedic relief, you know, like maybe a little bit here and there. Cause there was that in the comics, but. I don't know. It just, I want more darkness. Definitely. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. Less, less I, goofiness. I mean, I think Hellboy should have one liners, but I think they should be used sparingly. True, true, true. Yeah. He's an action you know, hero. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of Bruce. He's John McClane, you know, fighting demons essentially. I mean, yeah, there's gotta be like a werewolf, like staring him down and says something. And then he has a snippy yeah, yeah. remark and then he shoots him in the face yeah. with a shotgun. That's like what I need from Hellboy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. need him chopping on cigars all the time. And like, Ron Perlman I love is like the Hellboy that we got that we have right now you know I mean yeah. you know without Del Toro we probably I, who knows if we'd even see this version of Hellboy right now you know if he had never taken the chance to make yeah. those two Hellboy movies so you know but yeah, yeah I'm with you man I just want all the darkness I want to see where you <laughs> I want to see Bobby yeah I, I want to see wanna trolls see. and like you know just weird folklore creatures I, I really want to see there's an image that goes throughout all the comics of like little I forgot what the flower is called, but these flowers like grow out of Hellboy's blood. There mm-hmm. was like so much unexplored material in those first two films. And that's why I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome that those movies were able to get made because at the time, nobody even know, knew what the fuck a Hellboy was. Um, yeah, so now true. that people are somewhat familiar with it, it's like you can get down to the real meat of it. And, and man, there's just so many good stories in those comic books and so much good material. Um, I think at this, uh, in this time or in this age that we're in, it's kind of maybe not good enough to do like literal kind of translations of things, but at the same time, like draw from some of the more compelling things and then form your story around that. Like one thing that really bugs me about some of these comic book movies or even like any kind of genre film now is like, I really hate when things feel made up. I like to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. that's an, a really inventive and inspired idea. That's like awesome. But I really hate when when things feel like, you know, the Golden Army. It's so like, you know, pick picking out of a hat of names, or not even that, but maybe picking from tiers of names. You pick the very first shallow tier, you know, the, just the surface of it. The Golden Army. It could have been like the Army of Karnath or something. You <laughs> know, like go deep. Yeah. But you know, but it's the Golden Army, and I'm just like, ah, this you know i guess it's appealing to like mass audiences or whatever but there's a very shallow pool from which people are pulling their titles their lines of dialogue and i'm really kind of beefing with movies as a whole lately but anyway like i get it i feel like i've walked out of movies recently and been like do i even like movies anymore things are very oversaturated now because for a moment there it felt like oh if anything you know any flavor of tv show or movie i could possibly want is right at my fingertips but now the 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 i feel like the pool is very shallow now or or the the well is running dry you know there's not a whole lot left to draw from well i don't really think that because i think there's a ton to draw from but it just it's all i sometimes i feel like it's a reflection of our society that we're all just so surface with things and just take you know, take whatever's given. Sometimes that's okay, but <laughs> when it comes to like movies and art for me, like I really need to dig deeper. Yeah, I, I think I was reading something about like pop music today, 
mm-hmm. um, about how it's just like you're reading, like you're listening to pop music and their lyrics at like the way a third grader yeah. would, or someone like in preschool or something. Yeah. Like, because yeah, all exactly. the lines are catchy. It's super easy to remember the choruses. Exactly. Um, you know, it's very easy. Like, and musically, it's not anything impressive. You know, yeah. it's not like there's not multiple instruments in it. There's just multiple samples sometimes, but sometimes yeah. it's like two or three. You know, and maybe a drum beat, <laughs> and it's. And yeah. I was reading this article, and I was like, "It's so true," because I hate everything. Like, it just seems so <laughs> yeah. dumb to me. Right. And, exactly. You know, I, I see the same thing happening in movies too, and I think, yeah. you know, whereas people continually listen to music because it has this really good beat behind it, I feel like, at least with film and movies and going to the theater and stuff, you yeah. know, especially when they have down seasons like this, like, yeah. you like. I mean, they they learn. I feel like hopefully that the movie industry will learn from it and we'll start getting some more, yeah. you know, some better films. And, yeah. you know, I, I think with it doing as well as it has been, which I'm not saying it's any grandiose piece of written movie or anything, but it does yeah. have some good lines. I do think it's realistic as kids, like trying to fight this ancient evil, you know. Uh, but, you know, just it doing so well, it kind of tells that people want like a smarter film or something yeah. that like challenges them a little bit yeah. or, you know. I just, yeah, anything that's just, just, it, it can be simple. I'm not, I'm not against simple as an audience member, but I think just interesting is like, you know, like an interesting thought, not just, don't just go with the first thing that pops in your head and like, that would be cool, you know, like, cause we've, we've seen that we're, we're in an age now where, where there's not as much inventive ideas going into because basically another point I was going to bring up is like you can't really get a, a big movie really doesn't get made unless it's attached to some other property. You don't see like a whole lot of new heroes and new villains and new um, intellectual properties that are as big as like the Avengers or, um, you know, like uh, X-Men or whatever. Like if your thing isn't already attached to something that has a built-in audience not a lot of people are going to take any risks on it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean like i get the thing, I think the thing that bugs me the most is that uh it's um there's all this plethora of great these great novels out there and like maybe yeah. they've been touched before these great yeah. stories but they've been done low budget and like no yeah. one watched them but it's like man i mean you know out of all the novels i read there's great fucking horse like i'm just waiting yeah. for someone to go oh yeah we can make a horror movie out of this. This would be really good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've been saying that for fucking years, man. Yeah. Um, you know, or just like cool sci-fi shit or cool fantasy shit like that I've read. And yeah. it just blows my mind that it's like they have the rights to this shit because as soon as a book comes out and gets a little bit of splasher, a lot of people start doing like are into it. Yeah. Someone has bought up the rights so they can just yeah. sit on it. And yeah. It just, it's, it's just terrible. They sit on it. They, they get scripts written. Then those scripts are thrown away for whatever reason. You know, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you go through all these different script writers and you end up getting this piece of shit version of a story yeah. that you love. And it's, I don't know, it's just sad that, or that like we have stuff that can make great films and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, make the box office better because we'd be seeing stuff we haven't seen before. But yeah, I, I just don't feel like uh, anyone in Hollywood or anywhere is like, they don't take the gambles that they used to, just like all the 90s yeah. and 80s films, yeah. even 70s, like all that weird shit came out. Like, dude, yeah. if we were still in that mindset of those, yeah 80s 90s kind of filmmaking who knows what we're in the beginning right now we're in the age of like convenient entertainment you know it's just like you know you know you know what you're getting for right when you pay them pay your money and you you know you get exactly that and then you do it again next weekend or whatever 
you know, there's, and that's why lately I've been trying to shy away from just like critiques of things and just like, if there's something I'm interested in seeing, I'm just gonna have to see it. Yeah. You know, instead of, which I haven't seen Mother yet, I really need to go see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see it because I've heard yeah. like I've heard people who like yeah. love it, and then I've heard people who like I had two friends that are, like I value their opinion. They're like, nope, didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, because I I mean I just like like you. I'm sure we both love Darren Aronofsky, you know, and every one of his films has been you know like my my least favorite is probably Black Swan, but only because that's the one I've only seen once. You know, it's the one I've watched the least amount. Um, yeah. You know, and so critics, sure, like people probably, and it could even be not a good movie, but what compels me to go see it is I love that director. The cast is great. It seems like it's going to be twisted as fuck, you know? So a lot of things, I think you brought this up on one of the podcasts too, like a lot of things get critically panned and stuff when they're released and then later on find their place. And, you know, you know, people are like, oh, that was really ahead of its time. Or like, you know, we really didn't get that at the time, you know, and it's, that happens so often. Um, lately, it's just been like the nerve, like working up the nerve to go to go to the movies. It's fucking expensive. No, um, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. But yeah, I uh, what was I going to say? I do like that, like despite um, like how people feel about Mother or whatever, if you love it or hate it, I love that there's such a like diverse like a film out right now that like yeah. you know because like after coming off of it everyone like look for the most part everyone loved that movie yeah it was really like hard. you know um so it's really nice that like the second horror film i guess you put this in the horror category i guess what's mm-hmm. easily described as is people don't know if they like it or hate it you know or they yeah. just like no i don't like this movie yeah it was a disappointment whatever and I, from what i've read it seems like kind of eric noski's kind of like you know, stroking his own genius or whatever the fuck he's yeah. doing or, you know, yeah. so like, I'll be the judge of how yeah. genius you are, sir. And, and you know, like for me, like Noah got panned by critics too, but it's honestly one of my favorite movies. I watch it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think at least one every once every couple months, but you know, people don't know I mean, shit. <laughs> no. And I think the thing is, is finding the stuff that you like and, you know, when people go, oh, I don't like this movie, and I really like it, and I can't fit, it used to kind of offend me. I was like, yeah, well, that's your opinion. Yeah. But I think this movie's yeah. fucking dope, so, you yeah. know. It's, for whatever reason as well, it's it's easier for me now to just, like, accept people's opinions and be like, well, I don't agree with, not even that I agree with it, like, I don't share the same opinion, and that's fine, you know? Like, I got, I know what I get out of it. Yeah. The ultimate fuck you is just allowing somebody to be what it is that they are. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because if they have bad taste and shit, then, you know, you can easily brush yourself clean of their bad taste. That's true. I mean, but yeah, I just think uh, stuff comes out, it's panned and I don't think necessarily that it should be. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, I mean, even if you don't like, I mean, some stuff's just like, like you said, ahead of its time or just people like you might not be into that at the moment. And that's like the hardest thing about going to see a movie and then like having a podcast where we need to review something. Yeah. You know, it's just like, ah, what mood was I in when I saw this? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you know, you guys were talking about it on the last Superhouse episode, too. Just like, you know, that we're not so concerned with being critical, and as much as we're concerned with like just discussing what we've seen and, you know, breaking it down and stuff like that. And yeah, it's like, oh, oh, and by the way, yeah, I didn't like it, or I did like it, or, 
yeah. whatever, you know, and I, I think a lot of for like podcasts like this or blogs that um, are have like movie critics or websites that have movie critics. It's I think a lot of times people who like that kind of thing go to that because they want to read the bashing or hear the bashing of whatever movie it's going to be. But, you know, that's not what Superhouse does. That's not what we really do. Um, you can tell if we don't like something, but I think the insights that we have towards the things that we're absorbing are far, far better in assessment than just like tearing something to pieces just because you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is, it's kind of nice. Sometimes I want us to tear more stuff apart though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a time and a place where we step into the arena, go step into the Thunderdome and take on, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's probably plenty out there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, it's been kind of, it's been okay with movies, but I guess ultimately for me, a lot of things feel really just oversaturated, really diluted, really diluted kind of wellspring of media and entertainment where some of the more compelling things are either television or uh, indie video games or AAA video games or just straight up short content on the internet now yeah. uh, and, and a lot of the times like what I love one thing I really love is short films are having like a really great resurgence uh, in entertainment and media because things like people want things bite-sized now nowadays want like little short clever ideas so it's like hell yeah not only do you not have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in order to you know achieve or well not achieve but in order to produce something that can be compelling and that people are gonna probably watch you know yeah it's, it's pretty awesome i don't know <laughs> yeah it sometimes I, I like the short content but it's like i yeah. watch something and i'm really into it and i was like i could have handled another hour of that sure sure yeah but that's that's where it all begins you know yeah and then those things get optioned for films and stuff like that too which is cool isn't they suck yeah Something I'd like to do though is like one thing I was working on a friend's set this last couple weekends ago, and you know, just like for the no budget filmmaker, the best route I think to go right now is is kind of make a short piece that gets the idea across and try and crowdfund off of that, um, mm -hmm. you know, with materials. Because then, if anything, if you don't get the funding that you need to produce more of them you probably on you know you probably end up having just like a cool short on your hands and then move on to the next thing you know and see what else sticks um if you're really passionate about that particular thing you'll find a way to make it happen but you know otherwise it's kind of a, it's a nice way to test the waters without like completely investing yourself in like this feature length film idea without you know without without you know getting having a means to get feedback through some smaller means uh which I think is like our the, the age we live in now. It's like we really live in this strange social media market testing <laughs> kind of thing, no matter what we do. Yeah. Even Superhouse, you know, like our new logo or something. Like, let's see what people think about it. Do they like the post? <laughs> like, I don't care what well, they think. Yeah, I don't really either. And that's what's cool. Like, it, it, obviously, it'd be really amazing to do this kind of thing and get paid for it and not have to work would be fucking awesome. But... I also don't mind it being like that break away from, you know, the day-to-day -day world and, and we've done it so much. I think it's not, I don't think the worry of us just like calling it quits and like, ah, you know, it's kind of like a habit now we've like ingrained it in ourselves just to like put these things out. And it's just like, cost us really nothing to, 
to do them. So, yeah, I think it's a great way for yeah. to make I some love. to do something entertaining, but you don't yeah. have to spend any money yeah. to do it. Just yeah. you just you're just using your time, which you know yeah. time is precious. But you know, talking with your friends about shit you like is yeah, you know, it's worth it. It's really what it is is just us hanging out. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I can't fucking drive to Maddie's house right now and we can play games with him. But in the age of multiplayer gaming and Google Hangouts, we can fucking hang out. We're transcending our we're transcending our need to be to have our physical bodies be you know close to one another in order to enjoy each other's company. And a lot of people will may think that that's like kind of a, a bad thing, but I think it's it's pulling us outside of the fucking imper or the the impermanence of our human bodies and showing us that like the experiences. This is me going off on a stoned tangent, but the experiences that we have with our friends don't need to be limited to just that physical activity. You know, it's like there's something more to that friendship that exists inside of us, and we're able to do that using technology. <laughs> I'm really into the idea of like enhancing or pushing my humanity forward with technology. I don't like know, Steph. Like I miss your smell and your touch. <laughs> That's okay, fair enough. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it's nice to have the 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 um the convenience of it, you know what I mean? Like I was thinking about earlier we were talking like setting up when we were going to record and stuff like that. And I could have, you know, you could easily be like, all right, I'm going to go walk the dog now. I'll talk to you after that. But then I realized like the conversation, like I'm taking you with me, like the conversation doesn't really have to, I don't have to end it there and then pick it back up later. And then, you know, I message you about a hoodie or whatever, Yeah. you know, it's like, it's, you know, the channels are open unless you want them closed. And I think that's kind of cool. And I don't know, that's just where we are. And, you know, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for this fucking ability to do so. But yes, I miss your smell and your touch as well. Oh, yay. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I get it. I, I like that we can do yeah. this. I like that this yeah. thing, I like that we've continued to do it, even with the small group that, that we have, because it was yeah. a lot larger when we started. Yeah, that's true. We got the road dogs, the core four, still hitting it strong. And, and, mm. and Matt Johnson, the core four featuring Matt Johnson. It's true. But he lives in another country in that time zone shit. Yeah. I can't imagine to be up at like, sometimes it's like 5, 6 a.m. where he is. Yeah, yeah, oh, God bless his heart. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been good. So anyway, what, what have you been, uh, what's been in your heavy rotation as of late, um, music wise? Well, I listened to the new Mirker album. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I don't. <laughs> It's called Nightmare. There's the English translation. Okay. Um, yeah, I listened to it a couple times as well. I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's Mirit? like mirrored, mirrored, mirrored dots or something. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the uh, abomination of us trying to pronounce this, but I didn't know. Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. Danish musician. Danish. Okay. She's from Denmark, Copenhagen. Um, but, um, yeah, I just the, I I didn't think I was gonna get this. I had listened to like a track and I was like, "This is good. I like yeah. this." And I was just like, but as I got closer to release date, I was just like, "Fuck it, I gotta get it." Yeah. Gathered up some old vinyl that I was not listening to or just didn't care to listen to anymore. Um, and I was like, "I'm gonna go trade some stuff in at the record store. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna give it a listen. I got some other things too. Get in and out mm -hmm. a little later." But um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I like got it, and I think it's great. My only beef yeah. is is that last fucking song, dude. I just don't like it. I don't care for it. Which one is that? It's like born. Oh, born, born uh, him. Is that the one where it has the little girl voice? Yeah, like, it sounds like the fucking yeah. chick box, dude. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like mm. it in that it made me smile and kind of laugh because it showed like you know her dark kind of mischievous side you know the whole like little girls should be seen and not heard kind of thing and you know it was kind of fun in that regard it, it felt like something like an interlude that would be on a julie christmas album <laughs> or something yeah. um so i didn't like hate it but it's it's a strange way to end the album because it feels like just like an interlude yeah um is it a whole song i forgot yeah it's like yeah i'm looking at yeah. the track listing it's like two minutes and 22 seconds right so, so it's mo- it's mostly it's mostly just this talking right and then yeah it's it's strange i totally get you on that one um, i mean the music behind it's great like yeah. all the instrumentation yeah. but i mean if there's anything like i was just gonna say the thing i love about this album is it's like anytime i put on one of her albums yeah. i'm like transcended to like fucking like Norway during like old totally druid times it reminds me of Game of Thrones I was so into it right now yeah and that's one thing I really like about her music is that I don't feel like I'm really listening to anything that sounds like that normally you know like what like this is probably like the only thing that sounds like something from an old world yeah and I was really like when I was listening to it before we got on here uh to discuss what we discuss at heavy rotation music mainly um and 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 but I just I was like, man, I really love those two, the her two full lengths just because. Yeah. I don't feel like I if there's anything I hear like this, it's probably it's like pop. It's like Mumford and Sons, but you really don't get like, you know, because yeah. they do play that kind of old style kind of like folky kind of shit. But it's like pop. It's like popular, and then it's like, you know, like it's fancied up to make it pop songs and shit. Yeah. But I feel like all of her songs are just like they come from this other world that like. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't get because I live in America. I don't know what the fuck they listen to in Denmark, you know. <laughs> but I love that she used all all these Black different weird. Well, it's like that, but then it's not too. Yeah, yeah, you true. Know, like, um, I just think the instrumentation that she uses. And I know she plays a lot of her own instruments. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how much she plays on this album, but I know the EP she released. She played like all of them except for the drums. So, and I'm sure the more popular you get, the more people you talented people you can have come in and fill in strings and shit like that that you might not be able to do but i just think i just think it's a beautiful album man it's great i I definitely i don't really think it's as black metal as her first uh album but it's still good man like i just you know i think she's kind of finding her niche of like the mix between what the because if you follow her instagram or anything she's always like out in the woods and shit and like being around animals and i really get that like from her music like i don't feel like it's Cause it would be easy. Cause I feel like when she first came out, people were like, Oh, you're just trying to get into the black metal thing. Cause you're a girl and there's not a lot of girls. And it's like, why yeah. is that a bad thing? Like, yeah. Make some dope ass black metal. Then like, let's well, amazing. Yeah. Let's just fucking go. But yeah. I feel like this album, like, I feel like she wanted to prove something with him. And in this album, it's like, all right, well I proved it. I can play all this guitar shit. And I can fucking, you know, mm. black metal with the best of them. So here's like yeah. what I really want to make. And I think that's, you know, yeah. I think what she's doing on this album is like what she really wanted to do with the first one, but I think she had to, yeah. felt like she probably had yeah, to pay some street cred. Get some yeah, street you gotta get that street cred. Yeah. You know? Which I love too, because she's as a black metal musician, she's fantastic. Um, her real name is Amali Brun. Uh, I hope I'm yeah. pronouncing that right. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't even try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she's the most gorgeous and beautiful, wonderful, elvish woman I've ever seen in my life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, she is really amazing. But um, this album does play out a little bit more like a Chelsea Wolf. Uh, Chelsea yeah. Wolf is on this album as a featured guest, which is cool, which is really cool. I can love Chelsea Wolf. But yeah, it yeah, seems more great. like this is like a, a more personal kind of expression and adventurous, you know. It, it, I'd even liken it to like, you know, what Grimes does. Not the same type of music, but like the same type of expression where there's mm -hmm. a lot of experimentation. Um, I still need to listen to the album a few more times before a lot of things stick because I only had like one and a half listens. Loved it all. It's all my type of shit for sure. But, you know, the nuances of it, I'm not expressly familiar with just yet. Um, but one track that stood out to me on Spotify, there's the deluxe version and it has this, you probably haven't heard this, I'm, I bet if you, if you bought, did you buy the deluxe version? No, I didn't. I love that. I want to talk about the deluxe version versus uh, artwork versus the, just the normal release. Oh yeah. I hate I, the normal release artwork. I think it looks yeah. terrible. Um, I just don't care for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I like her, so I'm gonna listen to it. But that deluxe fucking artwork is dope, man. Like, what the fuck wouldn't you use that? Yeah. Like, wow, so good. I so love it creepy. too. But no, yeah. I've only heard the official album, not the extended, okay. like the four or five extra tracks yeah. that were released on that second well, LP. Yeah, I'll send you one track. It's It sounds more like a Bjork song or something, like kind of like a, it's a little bit more electronically influenced with some piano. It's more, actually, it's more like a Chelsea Wolf song. It's called Death by Days. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to look up whether or not it's a cover or what really the story is behind it, but it's like a whole, it's a different direction that we've heard her sing in in her previous albums, but I just like am in love with this song. I'll send it, I'll send it to you um, via messenger. Uh, okay. But the Wikipedia doesn't really have too much on like any of the bonus tracks or whatever, but it's just this, it's just, just this really great kind of like anthem of of solitude, and it's got that kind of like doom folk haunted kind of electronic ambient kind of sound that a Chelsea Wolf album would have. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was listening to it, I didn't realize it was a bonus track. I was like, man, she's trying all kinds of crazy shit out. But yeah. that um, that track for the listening audience, uh, um, Death by Days, I think it is. Yeah, Death of Days check that shit out that's just a great piece of music man it, it reminds me of i don't know what it reminds me of but lot, lots of things um yeah. you know but it's just it's just some good shit and so I, I played that over and over today while i was walking my dog in the park um kind of put me in that mood you know that that i think i think baroque is is the the kind of like music that is that has that very like lord of the rings or game of thrones feel to it, medieval kind of feel yeah. to it um like a baroque style of music i think they would call that uh but I, that's my shit and directly after i was listening to that song i went to fucking youtube and looked up mastodon's white walker <laughs> song oh, that dude, they have yeah. for game of thrones and it was like that same type of music you know it's just got even though it's you know i don't know it's just got that 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 medieval feel to it and i'm so into that especially if it's dark you know like it's my shit no yeah dude um that fucking White Walker song doesn't sound like if I didn't know it was Mac, like <laughs> right. If I'd heard that song and didn't know Mastodon did it, I yeah. I don't think I would put too. I, I think the guitar would give it away because it definitely sounds like a Mastodon yeah. song. Not, but vocally, not to, no. Yeah, not trying to jump too far ahead, but uh, we, we should talk about their new single "Toes to Toes." Have you listened to that at all? I think I did. Yeah, I don't um, remember. Yeah. So anyway, like my just well, we'll just jump there anyway. 
Um, oh, one second. I oh, wait, just sorry, say, sorry, yeah, go ahead. She does have three English title tracks on here, which are her first three English songs, because most of them are just in... Yeah, is that in Death or Days? One of them, probably. Yeah, but the other one's The Serpent, Crown, and Funeral, which are really good, and Funeral has Chelsea Wolf on it, which is a great fucking yeah, song. That's Chelsea right. Wolf's book. Like, their two vocals together on that track oh. just complement each oh. other so fucking well. They, so I, I heard that, and then I think I did hear the other one that um, she is... Yeah, because she's on one on the B side, so I listen to that one too. Yeah. I really need them to create a band together and just release yeah. an album every six years. Yeah, you know, like when they're work. not doing their own shit, just like be like, hey, here's just this band that we made up, and it's just us singing. And I'll be like, oh my god, this yeah. is fucking beautiful. Gothy baroque duets and shit, <laughs> fucking awesome. Dude, sign me up. I'm ready. Take yeah. my money if you need to kickstart yeah. that shit. Here, I'll give you like a hundred bucks. Let's do this. They're a good pair. But um, yeah, great record. I think if yeah. anyone remembers listening to when we when we reviewed M forever ago, years ago, yeah, uh, it's just a good follow up. And if you enjoyed that, you'll definitely enjoy the new one. Like for, yeah, it's not any great departure, but it definitely shows um, growth and definitely more instrumentation and a yeah. little less black metal. So if you if the things yeah. that took you out of the first record were the big black metal stuff, you might enjoy this one a little more. Um, but I love all the black metal, so yeah. <laughs> I'll take it if it's got it in there just a little bit, and then I'll take it if it's got a lot. So whatever yeah. you want to throw at me, but great record, check it out. That's a really good album, I agree. Um, well, moving on, I'll just move into that Mastodon thing. Mastodon released a the like single from their new EP that they're going to put out called uh, Cold Dark Place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song is called Toes to Toes. Uh, you said you're not sure if you, you had listened to that. I don't remember because I watched the documentary about the guy who did the cover art for it. Uh Richie Beckett. And he's like a Scottish dude. And he like, I guess he was like doing art in the city, like whichever, like in London or something. And Uh then he like, wasn't feeling that. And he's like, he's one of those persons that constantly has like ringing in their ear. Like it's like a hum in their ear. So it's kind of like baby driver, I guess. I haven't seen that movie yet, but I'll be watching it very soon because I think it comes out soon to rent. But there's like some kind of uh like he has that and i don't like he just listens to a lot of metal to drone it out but he moved to the country because of all the insects and like the birds you hear and all this but he's just walking around with the lead singer baroness and they're talking about art and i that's like all i remember from that and i think i listened to toe to toes first and then like right after that video this one came on and i was just enamored with like listening to these guys talk about art and like his process which was cool. great, and I love the that fucking art's artwork. Amazing, yeah, yeah, so and, good. Uh, I did follow him on Instagram. All this shit's fucking dope. Is it the same guy that did the White Walker T-shirt design? Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, same guy. Yeah, he's a fucking badass. Like this too. That's awesome. I'm super glad about that. Um, but initially, from what I read, initially, uh, a cold dark place was going to be a solo project for Brand Daler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling you and Messenger how much that kind of bugged me because I really don't like that song Creature Lives from The Hunter, the Mastodon album, The Hunter. Yeah. And, you know, I just got beef with it. So I'm like, ah, I hope it's not more of that shit. Um, and then so my first listen to Toes to Toes, I'm like, it's exactly more of that shit. Oh, I hate it, you know. But um, but then I, I, I saw there's like a performance video, like an in-studio music video of them recording it and stuff like that. And watching that and seeing all the different musicians where they jump in to sing where they jump out where they jump in to play music you know it's like it it seems like yeah maybe it started as a brand dealer solo project but they're all pitching in and it is and it's mastodon and that's probably why they decided to release it as a mastodon ep 
but you know it's like you know they're pushing the boundaries of the direction they're he- they've been heading in since um um once more around the sun and the last one uh what is that called a sultan of something swat no the fuck is that one called the emperor of sand <laughs> the captain of sand <laughs> yeah. the captain of the desert um yeah emperor of sand you know it seems so so what what's cool about it is it seems like they got a little looser basically with toes to toes and they're you know like um brent hines is just rocking out he's playing rock and roll he's playing some blues guitar on this one and you know the singing is not so dark and heavy although there is some of that there you know it's like Mm -hmm. so that that performance music video that i watched of this song i'm gonna probably watch it again after we after we record um but that shit i was like all right fucking i cannot wait for cold dark place i'm so excited about it now because it is different and it might be more that creature lives stuff but i decided you know maybe i don't hate it as much um maybe i'll go back and listen to creatures lives but um, Creature Lives has some of that same cheesiness that I hate that's in the Hellboy first Hellboy movies. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but it's like that same kind of like, ah, get this out of my Mastodon album. Yeah. But, you know, Brandaler is a huge part of this band, so, you know, I'll give it up you to You gotta him. suck it up. <laughs> suck it up, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I do I do really like it, and that's been a, that's been a nice little happening in the music world. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. It's Mastodon. Why would yeah, definitely, I? definitely. And then, and I'll post all the songs and stuff that we're talking about to the Spotify um, playlist for Heavy Rotation. I think I've slacked a little bit, so there's going to be a bunch of new music on that Spotify list, which I'll post to the Superhouse page for people who'd like to listen to it. You, you, you may as well. It's fucking all of it's great for the most. Yeah, part. We, we don't fuck <laughs> around on yeah, we bad music, so around. you're going to hear good shit. Yeah, it's so. not called light rotation no i don't know <laughs> that's true it's not um there's but, a reason it's called heavy you know since we're talking somewhat current musical current events um what do you think about i'm not sure if you read it at all but what do you think about the band the four members of the band decapitated being accused of gang rape did you know about this at all um yeah i read i like i'm not familiar with them but yeah. i remember like when I was getting it, just trying to get caught up with a lot of like, for a while there, I was like, you know what? I'm too cool for metal. And I learned really quick that I'm not, <laughs> that I needed my life because I feel like I was lost yeah. yeah. because I tried to listen to more hip things or like just try to find like the weird bands that everyone was into. Like, yeah. you know, I just try to go down that rabbit hole weird and some of it's good and I still yeah. like some of it. But for the most part, man, I just like hardcore metal, punk, you know, uh, for sure. You know, there's other genres I like as well, but so I found out this other band and I was like, I was listening to them. They're called Enabler. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. these guys are pretty cool. I want to, you know, and then right after, like, I started listening to like a couple tracks and I was like, oh yeah, I might go pick up, see if I can find an album or like, I was looking at one of half price books. And I was like, oh, I might get that, but I want to hear a little of it first. Then a yeah. thing came out about, um, she, the bass player, uh, female bass player was dating like the main guitarist and singer and yeah. lyricist yeah and i guess he would just hit her and uh yeah, feed her and you know like physically abuse her then like you know like verbally abuse her and just like just all this shit and then it's yeah. like when you when their brand name's called fucking enabler and it's just like dude yeah. like this dude's a fucking asshole like totally you know and so i just like cut that off so to get back to what you're talking about i don't yeah. care about this band uh, <laughs> once you're once like despite who is telling the truth and who is not at this point or yeah. if 
you know, I just don't care because if you're ever convicted of that, like you've yeah. done some shady shit, I don't want to know about it. It's kind of like some of the reasons when you hear old stories about old rockers, it's like the reason I'm not into like super old rock bands. Yeah. Cause you just hear some weird fucking stories in the way they used to treat women. And yeah. it's like, I'm sure there are other bands out there have done shitty stuff too, but until it comes in light, you know, yeah. I, I'll just be oblivious, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it does suck for bands if this comes out and it is like someone not telling the truth and like, you know, someone, you know, and then, and then it sucks if the, this band has been doing this for years and yeah, no one wanted to say anything about it because, you know, people are scared. What are, what's, what's going to happen to this band? You know, like, I mean, they're not huge, like in the, like in every circle. So, sure. yeah, but I just, you know, I, I started to read the article and I was like, you know what? After I read the headline, I was like, that's all I need yeah. to know. Yeah. Until yeah. another headline comes out and says, you know, like that, you know, that's not the case. This was this. And then, you know, but then it's always going to be that doubt in my mind that like, what if these guys were doing it and they just got out of it Yeah. and they just didn't get caught because they do, you know, they're on a label. They probably make money for that label. They're probably going to have lawyers to get them out of whatever trouble they get into from time to time. You know, yeah. you hear about it all the time with bigger acts and I'm sure with smaller acts, they also get the same kind of treatment. So, I, yeah. dude, I just, I, you know, I just won't listen to them. And that's fine. There's a lot of good yeah. metal. There's a lot of other good metal out there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was pretty, for a metalhead guy, uh, you know, I, I got a few of the blogs that I like to get down on. And it just always sucks, you know, because metal, it's easy for metal to get like a bad rap or be seen in a bad light by your more conservative and conventional types. Um, but, uh, you know, reading that, like one, it's, it, it's really fucked up to, for anybody to accuse somebody of some kind of sexual assault if it didn't really happen. Like that's obvious, I think. Um, so hopefully it's not one of those cases because that's a really, that's just a really terrible thing that even if you didn't do it, it will, will tarnish the way people look at you, which unfortunately can be detrimental to your <laughs> your life you know unfortunately mm -hmm. the way people are um but it's also extremely fucked up for anybody to gang rape anybody <laughs> yeah. and the test the testimony of the girl who's accusing him is pretty horrific and you know in a lot of ways feels very real and very frightening and you never know what could happen between the lines of communication especially if there's drugs involved or alcohol um and on tour i'm sure it's very uh you know there's a lot of loose activity you know happening in and out of these types of buses and you know a lot of thing with people with metalheads i think a lot of the street cred comes with a lot of what people think the street cred comes with as being like a metal fan is like how hard you are you know listen to the hardest shit i live the hardest life i i'm the hardest dude ever you know <laughs> i'm not somebody who particularly uh, subscribes to that kind of notion um i don't need to be perceived as hard or whatever or like i live a life of suffering and pain in order to validate the way that i act or the way that i look <laughs> so 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 you know it's hard enough for metal fans basically was what i'm saying it's hard enough for metal bands um i hope some kind of truth comes to light around this situation because it's just really terrible um if they did do it i hope they are locked away and rot forever um but if they didn't do it i hope that uh this woman gets her just desserts as well uh, yeah but in a lot of ways, she may have already gotten that. So it's really hard to say. It was it was interesting to see Nergal from um, Behemoth, which is a band I really like, uh, mm -hmm. 
talk about it and just be like, you know, all we all we have right now is the accusations. And if they're guilty and they're guilty and it's really terrible. But as of now, you know, the whole process is that they're innocent or proven guilty. So everybody should just refrain from, you know, demonizing them just yet. So um, terrible, terrible shit. But current events um, in, in, in music, in metal, you know, yeah, uh, it's called heavy rotation for a reason. Um, in other, I'm looking at the blogs. In other news, another piece of news that catches my eye is Wolves in the Throne Room is streaming their new album in full before it drops on the 22nd. Yeah. Um, if you're fans of Wolves in the Throne Room, it's some good shit. Um, I'm going to see them on October 22nd, um, which is going to be really exciting. They haven't released an album in three years, and they haven't toured in probably a little longer than that. So pretty tight. One of those bands I always thought was fucking really great in college and you know they're still going and they're still making some what i like to call american black metal <laughs> Probably i'm not saying i'm not super familiar with them i've listened to a little no. bit but they're coming here to cincinnati soon so i thought i might go check yeah. them out because the, where they're playing at's a pretty dope venue it's where i saw baroness and youth code so yeah. and i really like if they play in the pl- place where i think they'll be playing it was a really cool venue really intimate but like also still had that kind of like you know, kind of like, kind of like you're seeing them in a shitty bar, kind of, but a little nicer, yeah. and the sound and the stage is better. But yeah. uh, but I don't know because I, I think I've seen someone like they have another place for bands to play too. So, mm-hmm. either way, but I might go yeah. see them. <clears throat> cool. And before we move on to what's in our current heavy rotation, um, one more bit of news. Uh, news-ish item the black dahlia murder has released two singles from its upcoming album um what the fuck is it called it's got a cool name it is called hold on i'm pulling up the page i love black dahlia murder so fans of black dahlia murder check this shit out but the new album is going to be called Nightbringers, and it's got an awesome some awesome cover art um they released two singles i've listened to the first one so far i forgot what it's called the new one's called matriarch um, but they're fucking awesome, you know, like the metalcore age. It spawned some really great bands and it also spawned some really shitty bands. <laughs> Not the biggest fan of metalcore, but these kind of, these guys are like death metalcore, I guess. And they're less metalcore anymore. They're a little bit more technical death metal. But anyway, new Black Dahlia shit is out and the new album's coming out here pretty soon. Um, but besides that, what do you got in your heavy rotation there, Maddie? Yes. <laughs> Or here, I actually wanted to play a little game I thought okay. of on the way driving back home. Uh, pull out your phone or whatever device you listen to music on, or maybe the record sitting next to you. What was the la- What's the last thing you were listening to? Uh, the last, the last song I was listening to or started to listen to was "Please Remember" by Death Heaven uh, off the album Sunbather because I just bought it digitally a couple of days ago. Nice. Um, then the last record I played, the last two records I've been listening to is I got the new Miracle album on LP. And then I got, uh, I recently got Amazon Prime because mm-hmm. I needed a sketch pad and I can't leave because nice. of certain situations I'm in. And I yeah. need some, some, some larger <laughs> paper <laughs> to draw on. And um, so I was like, well, I should get Amazon Prime. It's only like 10 bucks. And then I was like, I was just perusing Amazon for records and I found Nine Chanel's Pretty Hate Machine for 15 bucks. And I was like, that's a pretty dope deal. So I ordered that. I have it on cassette tape, but it's kind of getting, it's a little worn. I bought it used for like a buck and it had been well played, but still plays fairly well. But 
you know, I need that better audio quality, that vinyl sound, you know. So yeah. I bought it and it's been great. I love that. I love that fucking Nine Inch Nails record. Took me a while to get there. Because <laughs> it was, if Nine Inch Nails has always been one of those bands. I'm like, ah, if you listen to this, you're kind of poser. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, everybody yeah. listens to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. But I found a new appreciation and I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. what he, what Trent, what Reznor was doing and is still doing for the most part. I don't know if I really care for his, him and Atticus Ross's like Nine Inch Nails stuff. Yeah. I do like their soundtracks. I think they're really yeah. good at doing soundtracks. I just don't know if I care for Atticus Ross being a part of Nine Inch Nails now. Yeah. Um, and I really miss like, I mean, obviously like you grow more as a musician, but I kind of miss the rawness of Pretty Hate Machine and uh, a downward, downward Spiral. And well, I guess the last one I really liked by them was, um, well, Year Zero is really good, like a really cool concept album. But I think after that, I just kind of was like, eh. I don't really care about anything else they're doing. I didn't like hesitation marks that much, mm. um, but yeah, that's that's what I bought. Oh, I also bought when I got Mirror. I also bought Dinosaur Junior's first record that came out in like 1985 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's very raw, but it still has those like like the way you picture Dinosaur Junior is now or the last album you heard by them. It's like very much what's going on that album they've like progressed towards but it's like almost got this more raw kind of punky feel because i think um uh what's his name like lou barlow or something oh, fuck, i can't remember his name but he was in it and he was like more of a like more punk dude and like like more screamy stuff and so yeah. there's some of those elements in it pretty cool i also picked up um Kylesa's, uh static tensions which i'd never heard but it was used for 10 bucks so i was like well i love Kylesa. And I only listened to that once and I really enjoyed it. And then yeah. the fuck else did I buy? I don't know what I buy anymore. Yeah. Maybe it was just those three. Yeah. I think I just got nice. that and then Match Nails. And then I just ordered today because I had to order a mouse because I had to do some artwork and I can't find nice. a fucking stylus for this old. This computer is only like four years old, but already like you can't buy a stylus for it. It's like you got to order a use yeah. and they're like $50. And it's like, fuck. So they, so they get you. Yeah, but I also ordered Slint's uh, Spiderland, which is just like this. Cool. They're from Louisville, Kentucky, but some of the guys went on to make like some. Some of them went to go on to play in like Smashing Pumpkins and other bands. Yeah. But they're like pretty influential to the like indie, like uh, '90s kind of sound. Of yeah, I think I've heard that actually. I think I've heard them. Yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, it was one of those things like being from Kentucky and like living in a small town like it was that album was passed around because it's like you didn't have a lot of people coming from out of Kentucky at the time when I was growing up that like had made yeah. it big in any kind of scene so even that it was kind of an indie and I think they only made like two records and then broke up but it was still like one of those things that like your friends had and you're like oh you got this Slint album oh shit let's, let's go listen to it and I hadn't yeah. heard it in a while, so I like previewed it a little bit, and it was like ten bucks on Amazon, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll buy this record for ten bucks." Yeah. So cool. to relive it, but that's what I got. I've been listening to other shit too, Stefan. I've been listening to so much shit. Yeah, I try and I just I try and I, stay up on some stuff. I mean, I just I don't even think I'm staying up on shit. I think I'm just going back, I'm going back in time. True. I got. I recently found out I'm a big Marilyn Manson fan, which is <laughs> a surprise to me, as I think it is to probably most people. Who knows? Yeah. Because I like never jumped on the Antichrist Superstar train. Like I like Beautiful People and I like all the singles. I think yeah. Dope Show is my least favorite song by him. Yeah, I just like I was just like I think that kind of turned me off when that came out. 
Yeah. Um, I also think I still had some of that, like I was like, oh, I'm like a Christian and like trying to get into religion and like, but I was trying to also listen to heavier music and like that wasn't cool. And this album came out and like, I'm drawn to dark stuff, people. I think you know me at this point. Uh, so I wanted to listen to it, but the good Christians, we don't listen to that, that Satanist music, right? <laughs> but um you know i did pick it up on cd and i think that album's fucking i think he's making great rock pop music man it's just hidden under fucking yeah. layers of like just you know dark dark music uh but i also got um hollywood which was like i guess yeah it's like i was just kind of gauging people's like favorite albums by him and just kind of going with like it was either going to be this or mechanical animals and i went with this one because this cover looked a lot darker and um, but yeah. uh, that album's great too, man. I love it. Some of the songs are like kind of bare bones, but he's saying some cool shit. And I've always thought Marilyn Manson was a pretty head of his time and a smart dude. Um, anything I've ever read that he's written about any kind of like anything that's going on in the world always seems like he's very knowledgeable. And I've yeah. heard that about him. He's very smart. And, you know, the more I listen to his lyrics, it's definitely like, this is shock value. This is the Alice Cooper of the 90s. And yeah. he did his job very well. And, you know, he still makes music today. Uh, I, I got really into The Pale Emperor, which he released like a couple of years ago, which had a more bluesy feel to the metal that he was doing and a more like soulful kind of thing. But pretty uh-huh. cool album if you guys want to check out some different kind of Marilyn Manson. And then I bought Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures. Nice. And that album is so fucking good. And I love Joy Division so much, but sometimes I forget. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that, that's what I've been listening to. It's been a lot, and it's just—it's basically been going between um, Def Heaven, Marilyn Manson, and Joy Division, and Mirker, and Pretty Hate Machine. So nice. Yeah, I remember. There's a song off of Hollywood. It's like Teenage Something, or yeah, I think it is. That should. Oh no, the Nobodies. I really like the Nobodies. It was on a movie soundtrack. I forget oh, which, yeah. but I really love that song. Um, I like some Marilyn Manson too. I like uh, Antichrist Superstar for sure. I remember when that came out, it was uh, one of my friends was like really into it, and so he never stopped playing it. Uh, um, um, but yeah, I, I don't hate on Marilyn Manson. He's has his he's has his ups and he's had his downs. Uh, but generally, like you're saying, he makes some pretty good like dark pop kind of stuff. Um, but my heavy rotation has been what has it been? I've been the last thing I was listening to was a song called Starless Age Enshrined by the band Spirit Adrift. Um, they're like kind of a stoner doom harmonic, like stoner doom. They're kind of like Paul Bearer. They're really yeah. good. Um, but yeah, they're like Paul Bearer and Chemist and that kind of sound. Uh, but they put out a new song and it's a little different. It seems like they're trying a little bit of experimentation. That was cool. Um, the new Mirker we were just talking about. And then I found this album called Kodama by a band oh, called yeah. Paul. Also, yeah. that I'm yeah. so fucking dope, man. I bought that it's when so good. Yeah, I think it was like six bucks on uh, iTunes. I was like, sure, because I was looking for more stuff like Death Heaven that yeah. just kind of droney, like kind of yeah. shoegazy. Well, I guess yeah. they like there's a they call it like unofficial, like dark gaze. So I've just been trying yeah. and Wolves in the Throne are part it. of that. Um, yeah, I love it as well. so much. But that album's so fucking good, dude. Yeah. <sighs> It's really good. I love that kind of sound. Same thing what you're saying about Deaf Heaven. And I, lo- I love the new Ghost Bath album. The new Ghost Bath album. I've listened to it quite a few times. Um, it's 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 good. It's my shit. Um, Dude, I can't I can't get into that Ghost Bath, man. Yeah. I don't. I think it's <laughs> it's, it's interesting it's, to me. It, it is. I mean, I listen to it. I just like 
I, it's like pop black metal. It's so weird. It's, it is weird, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's one of those things I definitely will go back and listen to after a couple of years and I'll probably dig it. But it's like yeah. my current trend of music right now won't allow for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I get you. Um, I've been enjoying that. Uh, the new Galacticon 2, the new Brendan Small album. Um, Brendan Small of Metalocalypse Death Clock fame. If you like that stuff, if you like Death Clock and home movies and you like his style, it's Galacticon is very rock opera. It's space rock opera. Um, but it's got some uh, amazing guitar work. He's such an amazing musician. Uh, it's really fun. Um, I've listened to it a handful of times now. Got to still listen to it a little bit more. Some of the rock opera tones to me, or some of the rock opera ness to it, kind of bugs me because i'm not big on the idea of like rock opera it's not my thing yeah. so much but i love Ren small and it's it's pretty heavy it's got some great songs on it um the other album i've really been liking is called wall of sound by marty friedman um ex megadeth guitarist i think uh rhythm guitarist and this is a badass fucking instrumental metal album and it does a lot it, it ventures out into different genres and stuff and kind of plays around with production techniques and He's just a bad motherfucker, man. He's an amazing guitar player, and the uh, the album has some really great tracks on it. Um, and I think for the most part, other than like you know like older stuff, that's pretty much what I've been listening to. I found I like the band Bloodbath. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're pretty good. My dog's whimpering now. <laughs> um, and Mono Lord, I'm kind of getting into is another band. They're kind of they're really doomy and droney. Um, they're kind of more like sun. they're like sun if you sped up their songs a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your little puppers. Yeah. Attention. that's pretty much been my heavy rotation as well as my recommendations. There's always a ton of good music. I love Spotify has this recommendation, so I usually try something out every day, something new. Um, or if I'm bored as hell, I'll fucking look up best new albums of 2017 and shit like that but generally yeah. sw swimming in the black waters of metal that's true <laughs> um but uh but yeah anything else you want to leave leave off with um i think i'm pretty good i gotta go to martial arts here in about 15 minutes cool yeah no i think we've covered a lot yeah for sure it's it a good combo there yeah sorry oh, yeah. there's some heavenly <laughs> news the cathedral and well let uh oh, let yeah, them film that. film some stuff yeah that's cool the headline i read said something like they wouldn't let him or they allowed them to film there after they found out that hellboy was like a heroic character <laughs> <laughs> i remember they uh, hellboy got i think i forget if it got banned or they just had to change the title in malaysia just because it they're a very religious place and uh demons and monsters and shit walking around and being heroes and stuff they were not having um back when the first movie came out uh -huh. uh, yeah so whatever people are stupid get on the hellboy train people right. no shit you know don't judge a book by its devilish cover it's hellish and cover <laughs> don't judge a hellboy by the hell he comes from <laughs> yeah it's not his fault yeah, that's <laughs> anyway. true so that's cool. More, more, more Maddie and Stefan interests as heavy rotation progresses, as well as a ton of music and music discussion. Check out that Mirker album yeah. shit, and all the other music that we've talked about, um, which once I get my lazy ass to do it, I'll put that shit all on the 
Spotify playlist and share that. Um, but I think that's about it for me. This is Stefan of the Superhouse Podcast signing off. This is Maddie from Superhouse Podcast. See ya. Ow. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.